It was a clear black night, a clear white moon, Warren G's on the streets, trying to consume. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's your boy, the man, the myth, the legend, Jesus H. Christ. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another exquisite podcast just go over the week's events a little touch on the topics of Jerry the Reverend Falwell the Kenosha shooting and ensuing protests slash riots and then my final thoughts on the exquisite book by George Orwell titled 1984 Peace and love and enjoy. What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, Jesus, with yet another delectable podcast. Big stuff going on this week. Had uh, the Honorable Reverend Jerry Cuxwell, Fuxwell. Falwell, Falwell. <laughs> he he showed up on the news this week. Apparently he likes the pool boy to ream his wife. <laughs> you can't judge anyone for their kinks and what they do in, in and out of the bedroom and whatnot. But when you're a goddamn preacher that preaches the love of Jesus Christ and of God and is always talking about how sexuality is evil and all this nonsense and then you get caught one of these damn things <laughs> don't be surprised when everyone calls you out on that bullshit just like our boy Larry Craig fucking senator from Idaho toe tapping his feet in the airport bathrooms Looking for gay sex. Looking for a wiener to penetrate his hairy butthole and clasp into it as he says, Praise the Lord, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, shit. Again, I don't give a damn what these characters do. But when they're out there in the public eye railing about something and then getting busted for this exact same thing that they're against... I'm going to call you out on that, big boy. (laughs) Damn. Other things in the news. Kenosha, Wisconsin. Holy shit. What the fuck is going on, man? First, we had, uh, had cops shoot Mr. Jacob in the back seven times. I didn't read a lot into it, and I'm not going to get too far into it either. I think the important thing is the narrative. It's all this bullshit. As I have kept preaching on on prior podcasts, it's all these fucking things to put us against each other, left versus right. You know? And if you try to look at it from a a point of reason, which is what I'm trying to do, 
Fuck the left versus right bullshit. Just break it down to the bare minimum and, and look at it with reason and objectivity. From the little I do know, it sounds like the dude could have been a scumbag. I mean, there's a lot of hearsay, but... And he should have complied is what always comes up. And it... I can, I can agree with that. Yeah, comply, but that doesn't guarantee 100% success. Philando Castile. Legal carrying gun owner. Gets shot to death in his car as soon as he tells the officer... He's carrying a gun because of his permit. And the NRA never fucking showed up for that shit. There's another case in Miami. A black physical therapist is out in a parking lot trying to calm an autistic boy. Well, I don't know if he's a boy. You know, young adult. But needless to say, this kid's... Probably has the mental cap capability of a 12-year-old or 11-year-old. And this physical therapist is going is out there trying to calm this kid down. Because he's going through some kind of anxiety attack, some panic attack. Someone calls a cop on him and, and, and says, reports to the cops that this black guy is starting shit with this kid. Cops show up, tell the black physical therapist to get on his stomach with his arms spread out dude has his arms spread eagle and, and you know later the 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 gentleman says that in his mind he's like well, i got my arms out nothing's gonna happen to me a few minutes later one of the fucking cops opens fire on him didn't kill him but he fucking shot, shot at a guy on the ground with his stomach and his arms spread out. So this whole, if you comply, this shit won't happen, is bullshit. I can, get, I can sit here and give you tons of examples. Now, are there cases too where the suspects are overreacting and they're not complying? Yes, I see that as well. You got to look at it all, man. As I keep saying, I can't stress that enough. Quit being a fucking homer for one side. Look at all the fucking shit. Now, I've already made the caveat that I did not look into the Kenosha shooting as much. So, I'm not going to elaborate too much on that. But then, apparently, people were protesting and rioting. People on the left call these people protesters. People on the right call them rioters. Me trying to be as reasonable as, as I can, I'm going to say that it's a mixture of the two. There's no fucking question about it. There's agitators in these fucking things. Crisis actors, if you will. I saw one video of uh, this black guy recording the video. I'm not sure where the, the protest was happening or, or what. But this black guy's recording this white, older white guy with a bandana on his, you know, like a face shield. And he's got a fucking radio in his back pocket. Looks sketchy as fuck. 
the black guy's like, "What? Who are you? You know, what are you doing here?" And the guy goes, "The the white guy doesn't really have an answer. He kind of gets caught off guard that he's being questioned, and you know, they're recording him." And uh, the the black guy's like, "You got a? Why do you have a, a police radio on your back pocket? You're undercover, right?" He goes, "No, no." And the white guy's like, "Fuck the police." Fuck the police. You know, he says police. <laughs> He's trying to act ghetto, man. And I mean, it becomes quite apparent that this fucking dude is a cop. Probably an undercover cop embedded there. Oh, and the other thing, he had a broken beer bottle in his hand. And then the, the gentleman records, like, why do you have a broken beer bottle? He goes, oh, I don't want to get attacked by the police. I, I got I to gotta have protection. Get the fuck out of here, man. This is what I'm talking about. There's these fucking instigators. Um, we fucking humans tend to have that herd mentality. There could be a large crowd of us, like a herd of animals. The way I, I, I picture it is, you ever see the nature shows where there's all these wildebeest at the edge of a riverbank in the Nile, you know, trying to cross the Nile River. And none of them want to cross because there's some big-ass motherfucking crocodiles in that Nile River. Giant-ass fucking crocs that snap them in half, just hungry, waiting to crush them, eat them. And there's thousands, tens of thousands of these wildebeest along the riverbank and they're all just anxious not wanting to do anything and then it takes that one motherfucker to jump in he jumps in starts waiting then a second one jumps in then the crocs start (laughs) jacking them and that's when all of them jump in man it's that herd mentality and that's what goes on with these riders and these fucking Insta agitators, uh, these agent provocateurs, if you will, that are embedded in these protests, which at the heart, at the root of them, they mean well. But then you got these fucking knuckleheads that get embedded. They start, you know, destroying businesses and looting and all this shit. And then Maybe these other people that weren't there, they were there originally to protest. They see one motherfucker doing it. Then all these motherfuckers start jumping in. That herd mentality, man. And so when I saw that video, that fucking undercover cop, I mean, the evidence was so blatant. And how come people, how come mainstream news doesn't really go into it that much? How come a lot of these right-wing people that want to get pissed off at the protesters don't bring that shit up? Come on now. This is it goes along the same narrative that I keep spewing week in and week out, man. It's this bullshit to keep us divided. Keep us fighting against each other for the dumbest of shit. It's a fucking joke, man. Let's wake the fuck up. So then... Kenosha, the riots go on, and I seen this disturbing video of this 17-year-old kid walking around with an AR-15, illegally carrying 
apparently some of the writers throw a fucking Molotov cocktail is what I heard. He's on the ground getting attacked. Apparently they're trying to hijack the kid's gun. Then all fucking hell breaks loose. He blasts one dude in the fucking chest. Blasts another fucking dude in the head. Injures another dude in the arm. Two people are dead. Another one injured pretty bad. And, you know, whenever with, with these things, if you just run off of one video and just make your quick decision off of that, you're not getting the full picture, so... This case I did start seeing. I did start digging a little bit more. Getting more into it. People on the right are saying it was self-defense. People on the left calling straight up murder. My take. It's probably a little mixture of, of both again. I mean the kid was getting attacked. He did blast. On the flip side of that fucking thing, what the fuck is a 17-year-old kid doing late at night with an AR-15 and latex gloves, hanging around with this militia-style group? Saw another video where they're, before this incident happens, these guys are chilling with the cops, and the cops are thanking them for being there, handing them water. You know, appreciate them back in the blue, if you will. And after the shooting happens, the when the cops roll up, the cops roll up, kid walks up with his hands up, like he's ready. He knows he had fucked up, like ready to turn himself in. The cops completely ignore him. <sighs> and as a brown man myself. It, it's it does kind of fucking trigger you, man. It does. It triggers me, anyways. I mean, let's be fucking reasonable. Let's be objective. Can you imagine if it was a brown dude or a black dude that had just mowed down a couple people with an AR-15? The cops pull up, not knowing anything else about the situation. They would have killed that motherfucker on sight. And then to see this video where the cops just pull up like nothing, you know, they had given this kid water beforehand. It's quite, it's quite disturbing to say the least. I don't know how else to say it. But again, what is the underlying thing going on here? It's more issue for us to divide. Pick your side. You're either with us or against us. It's more of that fucking nonsense. More of that bullshit going on. I'm really getting worried, man. Times are getting rough. That video, seeing that video, it was intense, man. This is the U.S. fucking of A in 2020. You got fucking protesters and militia groups going at it the fuck are we doing what good is gonna come out of all this shit man and who profits with all this fucking shit 
Who's profiting during COVID? It's the big dogs, man. And yet we're fighting against each other. Like this COVID shit. One of my biggest qualms from the very beginning had been, why the fuck is it okay to go to Walmart? Or Costco? Or any of these big box fucking businesses? But yet a mom's and pop store is forced to close down and lose their business, their livelihood over this shit? You're going to squish the little guy out? But these big businesses like Wally World and Costco and Amazon. Amazon's posting up record numbers month in and month out because everyone's home buying shit off of Amazon. You see the Amazon vans all day long running around. Record profits. And no one seems to give a shit about this. It's pretty disturbing. It's sad. It's frustrating. But as Trump says regarding COVID deaths, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, shit. Let's move on to some lighter shit. Perhaps. I guess it depends on how you look at it. Um, so... This past week, I finished George Orwell's 1984 masterpiece. And goddamn, oof. I'm going to go ahead and uh, say that's the best read I've ever had, man. <laughs> I'm not much of a book enthusiast to begin with, so I don't want to act like... I've got library of books behind me and and whatnot, but I I do I do like a good book every now and then. Um, with my work schedule and the hours I put in, don't have too much time to do some actual reading per se, but been doing a lot of audio books. And, uh, yeah, listen to the audio book. Um, so if you go to YouTube, it's free. You don't have to pay anything. Uh, just put in George Orwell's 1984 by Stephen Parker. Read by Stephen Parker. Holy shit. So as I took on the endeavor of listening to the 1984 audio book, I listened to several um, several versions of it. That was actually one that I had, I was already two hours in, hour and a half in. And then I ran into Stephen Parker's version. And I'm going to put a link on the YouTube channel. So look in the description of the YouTube uh, video. The, the link to Stephen Parker's version will be there. Um... He reads it, gee fucking whiz. If every audiobook was read by him, god damn, I'd be reading every damn thing I could get my hands on. He's only got about 10,000 subscribers, so be sure to subscribe to his channel. 
I mean, I could only imagine the amount of work he put into it. Um, I, I told him that I was a huge fan of, you know, of the version that he did and um, thanked him for it. You know, t told him that I could only imagine how much work and he did reply and told me that he spent easily about a year, you know, with all the edits, the sound effects. He doesn't just read through the book. He, uh, you know, if he's got a scene where he's walking through a corridor, he'll put footsteps in there. And then if it's a dramatic, his voice will start elevating and, and more ferociously. And um, he'll put echoes. I mean, he went all out with this version, so... If you've been thinking about getting into 1984, that is probably the best way to do it. I was doing it as I was working. I was driving and listening to it. And I was fully immersed. It was like listening to a to a movie. You know, an audio movie. And, you know, I I couldn't help but think. I'm like, you know, when you, before the TV was invented, people would gather... You know, instead of having a TV, people had a, a a radio, and they would listen to the airwaves. And as I listened to 1984, I could, I mean, it was immediately relatable. You know, nowadays you would think like, oh, that, that seems boring. You know, to sit around a radio, and you know, I want to have a screen. I want to, I want to. I want to get my visual fix on. But when you have such literary writing, a masterpiece such as 1984, and then read by an awesome person such as Stephen Parker, you can let your mind wander and put the imagery together. And that's where I was the entire time. The audiobook is about, it's just under 11 hours, 10 and a half. So I was listening to it in chunks. And holy crap, it was amazing. I'm, I'll be sure I'm going to, I'll listen to it again. You know, especially when I go through a podcast time where, I mean, I have some good podcast episodes going on. That'll be one I, I get into again. But some of the interesting takeaways now that I have now actually finished it. I know I did a video last week talking about how I had just gotten into it and, you know, inviting people to check it out. Uh, the takeaways that I have were many. I mean, I just how much of it relates to our current time in 2020 it's just it's, it's mind-blowing um i did listen to a couple of other takeaways uh one being from christopher hitchens the amazing the god himself christopher hitchens on his take on orwell and uh spoiler alert so if you haven't got into it you know maybe skip a few minutes but uh, his takeaway, and it, I was like, holy shit, how come I didn't, I didn't get that when I got it? Uh, Christopher Hitchens says that um, Big Brother in 1984 is actually God. 
And, uh, <laughs> I was like, holy fuck. I, I don't know how it, I didn't, it didn't click with me. But think about it. The, the Christian God is all powerful. Omnipresent. Omnipotent. Always watching you like big brother. And he wants you to love him. But if you don't love him, he's going to throw you in that lake of fire. And big brother, big brother's watching you everywhere in the telly screens. Watching your every move, knowing your every thoughts. And you better love big brother. Because if you don't, <laughs> you're going to get fucked up or executed and or executed. And interesting takeaway from the, the great Hitchens. Um, the other thing I, I started to do was uh, just get obsessed with the whole George Orwell thing. I uh, listened to a biography on, on George Orwell. And uh, yeah, he, was, he was born in 1903, I believe in India. I think it was Burma, I'm not sure. But he was born in India to a white obviously a white family uh down there. And you know, growing up he he got to see English imperialism at work. He had obviously read the works of, you know English imperialism throughout the the world and how England, you know, when it was a great power, invaded territories and colonized them. And growing up in, in India in the early 1900s, he saw English imperialism at work. He saw the racism, the classism, all that shit going on. And, uh, in his early 20s, he started, you know, pick, he, he was a police officer down there and, uh, did a lot of odd jobs. And then he started finding his literary inner genius. And so he started writing some books and, uh, he, at a certain point, you know, he was rubbing shoulders with the elites. It sounds like he started to uh, get kind of sick of the hypocrisy with these elites, these rich people. And, uh, you know, when he eventually moved back to England, he would go to pubs and hang out with common folk, get drunk with them and shit like that and and just get a a more real world perspective of the, of the world not this fake fantasy hypocritical shit that was going on dealing with the social elites the socialites the Jeff Epsteins of their time the Ghislaine Maxwells of the time Prince Andrews Bill Clinton's Donald Trump's <laughs> And 
it was during this time when he was dealing with, you know, just the average folks at the pubs and whatnot. That's what really started shaping his worldview and became a dem- democratic socialist, which I found extremely interesting. We had Bernie Sanders recently running his whole campaign as a democratic socialist. And he was just painted as a fucking socialist communist, is what the DNC painted him as. It's what the Trumper Republicans painted him as. (laughs) The funny thing is now is how uh, Biden is being painted as a fucking socialist now, even though he's a corporate establishment Democrat who really, in reality, is no different than any traditional fucking Republican. It's all the same fucking shit. But all that all that shit that uh, he was throwing at Bernie is now being slung at him. <laughs> it's backfiring. Fuck you, Biden. Fuck you, Trump. You fucking clowns. But anyways, uh, back to Orwell. He, uh... In his book, he does talk shit about, you know, some of the drawbacks to socialism. You know, the power grabs. He talks shit about capitalists. It's funny, you know, you, you hear some people paint him as a liberal. You hear some right-wingers paint him as a right-winger. And everybody wants to claim him. But if you really pay attention to a lot of the shit he says, he's shitting on everyone, man. It sounds like he wants truth. You know, and and in the book 1984, that was one of the things that I just kept finding fascinating. One of the things he kept talking, you know, through the book, through his character Winston, which some people have said Winston was probably a portrayal of himself because in the book Winston is always sickly he's always nasty and you know he's in his 40s doesn't really have high self-esteem about himself feels like shit and so Winston is portrayed as this character in his 40s who's got varicose veins that he's always itching it's just nasty has no energy until he meets the beautiful Julia. And that seems to give him some energy. But, uh, you know, it's one, the, one of the things that he, that he just keeps pushing throughout the book is how it's hard to know what is true. With all the different news sources telling us one thing different propaganda outlets as i as i have mentioned already you know it, you piece all of it you listen to it all and it's still hard to know what is truth and in that book especially when he gets caught by big brother and they're interrogating him, grilling him, beating the fuck out of him mentally and physically, breaking him down. 
he's getting told what to believe. And the beating, the abuse will not stop until they feel that he truly believes the shit. Because <laughs> at first, my boy Winston wants the shit to get over. He's like, I'll tell you guys whatever you guys want to hear and blah, blah, blah. And O'Brien will not let up until he sees Winston just break down and truly accept that all the shit they want him to say that he now believes it fucking scary man think about all the all the fucking news stories we get so much shit they all have a spin. You listen to mainstream liberal stuff. It's going to obviously swing to the left. You listen to Fox News or any other conservative outlet, Breitbart. It's going to have a right-wing spin. Are you listening to something from the American side of things, are you listening to something from the Chinese side of things, Korean, Russian, I mean, you have to consider all these things when, when you digest your news, use your critical thinking skills, but acknowledge the slant that it's throwing at you, and maybe that slant is the correct one, but that's what makes it so hard, you don't know. Who knows what the fuck is true these days. It's pretty pretty tough. Depending on what side you're on, you're going to say your side is the correct one. And the other one is wrong. It's just like any other war. These wars are always fought by the elites, the powerful. And it's the common folk that are fighting these wars. And the common folk on either side believe that they're on the right side. And the other guys are the enemies. Don't matter if it's in Vietnam, Iraq. It's always the same shit. So, what is truth? As Pontius Pilate once asked. <laughs> in the Bible. What is truth? It's a great fucking question. There's a lot of nonsense in the Bible, but every now and then there's a couple nuggets. It's one of the good ones right there. What is truth? That, my friends, is the question. I'll be back next week. Um, I'll leave a link to the YouTube channel. I might be making another Facebook. I'll keep y'all posted on that. That way we can have a little bit more regular communication. But yeah, I'll put the links to the YouTube channel. Feel free to leave comments. Get back to you on that way. Follow the TikTok Power Jesus for silly shit. Silly Jesus videos. The YouTube has a podcast as well as some of the goofy videos that I've done. 
that did not get purged through the great YouTube purge of fucking 2018, 2019. I don't even know anymore. It's been that long since I got banned. But I uh, appreciate all the new listeners. Not looking to start an echo chamber. But it's nice to have like-minded folk. So. Let's share it with anyone who may be interested. Let's get this bitch growing again. Let's make the Jesus YouTube channel great again. From its once glorious position. To now its humbled roots. We shall rise. And this time we're spreading truth while making people laugh. Appreciate y'all. Have a good one. Have a great weekend. Have a beer in my name. Be safe. Peace.